This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley's meat sticks have been a lifesaver during this hot summer. Since they're shelf stable, I always have three Paleo Valley meat sticks in my bag at all times. It's also been perfect for my boys' lunch boxes. I love Paleo Valley's grass finished beef sticks and pasture raised turkey sticks because they support US family farmers that focus on regenerative agriculture. These meat sticks are from animals that have never been fed grains, soy, corn, or GMOs and have never been given antibiotics. The spices in these meat sticks are also 100% organic. The sticks come in five different flavors, and my favorite is the original beef stick, and my boys love the teriyaki beef sticks and the original pasture raised turkey stick. Paleo Valley's meat sticks are a perfect snack and, frankly, a great value without skimping on quality. Each stick is about $2 with our discount code, and it comes in a 10 pack bag. Make sure to support this podcast and head over to paleovalley.comslash CATG and use code CATG to get 15% off your first order. Thanks for listening and supporting the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Laura and I are just going to be talking really candid. This is what this podcast is all about. It's one thing to say, I want to eat something else that's not meat. It's a whole other thing to say, you need to eat something else that's not meat. If you notice that you're jumping from diet to diet, at a certain point, you have to wonder. The only common denominator is me. Get outside, go for a walk, get some vitamin D, breathe some fresh air,、uh, and, and stay happy and healthy and, and take care of yourselves. Let's just have some real talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Welcome back to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. My name is Laura Spath, and I'm joined by the amazing Judy Cho. And we're going to talk about goal setting today. We recently、uh, on our podcast talked about kind of doing a look back and a reflection of last year. And I do think that's really important to make sure that you have like really reflected on. How the last year went before you can really start planning goals for the future. And so, if you've listened to that one, then join us with this discussion. I think today we're going to talk about some goals that we have and then also just some good advice around goal setting in general as everybody's starting to plan out their resolution. So, I guess this is maybe the resolution、uh, podcast for next year. What do you think, Judy? Yeah, and make sure to check out the,、um, the last conversation we had where we talked about why we even want to set goals and reflecting back because I think it really、uh, sets the stage for、um, properly preparing goals for, I guess, the upcoming year or just properly setting up goals for your future. You know, Laura, what are some of the goals for you looking towards 2022? Okay, let me say this. I think that I agree. Let's, I think sometimes people. Almost condemn setting resolutions. Like, I love New Year's resolutions. I get most,、yeah. they don't last. You don't have to wait until January 1st to set goals. You don't have to do all these things. Like, there's so much talk, though, around like, this is a lifestyle and not a whatever, but I don't care. It's a, always, it's such a fun time. I love a fresh、yeah. start of the new year. Yes, you're going to hear every influencer out there say, nothing magical happens January 1st, nothing changes. You're still you. It's true, but you know what? I love it. I love setting new goals, and most years I don't stick to them, but there's nothing wrong with、um, enjoying that fresh, clean start moment when it happens and like setting a new calendar. I love a blank calendar to fill up, and、um, I love that. And what I've realized over the years is like the more specific and structured I can be with my goals, 
then the more successful I can be. And so, you know, last year, I think also, you know, rather than like being unrealistic about it, I don't know. Let me say this. Judy, are you familiar with um, like in the corporate world, they use the term smart goals? Yes. Okay. So if, if you're listening and you're not spe- sure, it's there. Uh, it's SMART, which is an acronym, and it stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic, and Time-Bound. And so when you're in this environment, corporate environment, you know, it's, we talk about setting these really specific, measurable, attainable, you know, in the other words, I mentioned goals, <laughs> because I think sometimes when we set our New Year's resolutions or we set our goals for the year, it's like, I want to lose weight. I want to be skinny. I want to fit into this dress. I want to do this. And sometimes, you know, I love a a theme for the year. I love picking a word for the year. I love something, you know, that kind of is a goal for you for the entire year. But if you're going to be successful at it, it's also important for it to be very specific and measurable and, you know, realistic is a big part of it. And I want to lose a hundred pounds by summer or, you know, some of these broader things I think is hard. And I've fallen trapped to that so many times where I set these goals of like this year, I'm going to get skinny this year. I'm going to be perfect with my diet and hundred percent and never cheat once the entire year. Well, what happens when it's January 8th and you've had a piece of chocolate and you're like, there goes my goal for the entire year. <laughs> Shot. I don't know. Do you ever do that? Yeah. So I, I think that using SMART goals or defining them as SMART is ideal once you have the overarching goal. So that can even be like your win the days in a sense. So if you, let's say your goal is I am going to lose 50 pounds by summer of 2022. So that means you have six months from the day that you started. The reasonable thing then from there is to say, okay, so how are you going to attain that? And I think that's where the SMART goals really kick into play. So measuring that. So what, how would you even get to the 50 pound weight loss? Maybe diets incorporated into into that, maybe then some fasting or maybe, or doing some exercise. And so that's where you can actually measure the differences. And maybe it's, I mean, you can count your macros and things like that, but that's where I think if you just say in broader terms, I want to lose 50 pounds and by by summer I will be 50 pounds lighter. It's not measurable enough. It's not as realistic to achieve, but then if you break down the overarching goal to smaller steps, then it becomes a lot more attainable. So I agree with you you need the smart goals, but I think if you can have a primary goal and then um I guess make specific smart goals um, below that, then it becomes more actionable. And then you know what you can do on a day-to-day basis to get there. So then maybe the win the day in that sense is um, make sure to eat carnivore, make sure to do intermittent fasting, 18-6, make sure to go to the gym every other day. And then you just have these actions. And so what is the purpose of all of this? And it's the ultimate goal is to lose 50 pounds. And then the day-to-day being more measurable, more attainable becomes more realistic to actually achieve that goal. And I think most people do not get down to the actionable day-to-day steps. And therefore, then they lose sight of the 50-pound weight loss because how are you going to get there? Right. And it's so easy for me to like start off gung ho, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. And then usually by the end of January, I'd probably lost 20 already by then. Right. And then I'm like, well, I do have a few more months. I could have the cheat day. And then you kind of get off the rails for a few months and you're like, well, I still have time. Like I still have time. And then your procrastinator side of you comes out like convincing yourself you have plenty of time or, or then eventually that, that time span switches where 
I don't have enough time anymore. I blew it, forget it. And I've completely um, given up on it. I'm somebody who thrives in these really, really small timeframes. You know, that's why I love win the day so much, or I need, you know, my goal for this week or my goal for this moment, you know, taking a calendar that's really specific, even for health purposes, maybe your goal is to get off your medication by, um, by summer. And so what does that look like? And what are the specific steps that you're going to take along the way? What are some smaller milestones that you want to hit things that can be more flexible that you can move around? Um, I love that idea of this is my goal for this weekend. Also, I really focus on what are my motivational dates. I love a good date that's motivational for me, whether it's an event or a family vacation or my birthday or those types of things, a date night that I want to plan a month from now that I want to be really good till. Um, So I love motivational dates and I will go through right now and mark those on my calendar for next year and just, you know, writing in things that I'm like really excited for that are going to help be positive motivations for me. And I also am going to go through my calendar for next year and circle times when I know that I'm going to be tempted. And obviously things come up because of stress or whatever that might be, but times when I know I'm going to be tempted and I don't want to get off track, right? And maybe you're like, I'm going on vacation this weekend. I'm going to eat whatever I want. Great. That's, you know, you can write that on your calendar, but if you're going to be going to an event and you're like, it's my daughter's birthday, it's going to be cake. There's going to be tons of stuff. This is my big first event. Like Penelope's birthday is the end of January. And I can tell you that for many years, every time her birthday came around, like whatever diet that I was on starting from January, I always fell off of it when the birthday cake came into the house. And so kind of circling that on the calendar for the first year that I made it past her, actually, I didn't make it past her birthday because I had started a diet in March, got off the rails at Penelope's birthday at the end of January, and then gained all my weight back again by March. And then March is when I started and things finally stuck again for carnivores. So, you know, had I been looking more ahead of knowing that that was a date that was going to throw me off track, maybe it would have stuck or maybe I could have helped avoid it. Um, so kind of going through, especially in the beginning, the first month or so Valentine's day is when all the good candy starts coming back around. And so like, how are you going to avoid that? I don't know. I love marking times on the calendar like that. No. And it makes a lot of sense. I think that most people, there's a lot of people that will have milestone awards. So for example, let's say your goal, if we're going back to the 50 pound weight loss is that at five pound weight loss, I get to buy myself a new set of gym clothes or at the 10 pound weight loss, I get a new something. And so they have these celebratory moments in their milestones, which then allow them to celebrate their progress and it motivates them to keep going. And I think ultimately what we're saying with all of this stuff is if you know your trigger dates, if you know your success dates, and um, you know how you just have been functioning over the past years and decades, then when you are planning, the goal is that you plan. Um, I think the reason that a lot of people become successful is that they plan and they take the time, not just on whim of what's your new year's resolution. What are your new goals? Instead of just flippantly bringing up things that they're going to rattle off to people or write in their notes. Instead, they think about, okay, so how am I going to get there? What am I going to do? Um, Lately, I've been reading a lot about 
CEOs and corporate leaders of how they're successful. And a lot of them just take time in their year and will go to a quiet space and then review their life goals and um, their mission statements of their own life. And am I marching towards the things I want to do in my life? And, and I think the whole point is that they take a time and they review their goals and what they have to do to get there. And I think that's the important key. And a lot of the reasons why people lose their resolutions or don't commit to it is because they don't have a blueprint or a process in place to get them there. So that's where I think the daily wins are super powerful. And, you know, I never thought about the trigger days. I think that's really good, right? So I can see for you, Laura, when you are starting a New Year's resolution and if it relates to diet and then at the end of the month, it's a Penelope's. It's like just amount of time where you can go, oh, I deserve this, this. right? Yeah. So yes, it's smart to even write down dates where you know that this time in your life will be a trigger, will be a period where you may have normally turned to food or whatever other addiction you may have had. And so even being mindful of that in advance is really, really smart. Yeah. And I think that I, that's where I get, you know, bummed that New Year's resolutions get such a bad rap where right. it's maybe not the resolutions fault. It's the fact that we can't execute it. And I agree. It can't just be something that you're like, oh, I'm going to do this this year. And like, this is my New Year's resolution. Like a lot of people don't take them seriously, but I think they can be a really powerful tool to start yeah. a new habit, a new lifestyle. Maybe too, it's something that's going to start for you the day after Christmas, because I feel like that time where Christmas is over and you're waiting for January 1st to start. Like I remember previous years, me just basically being like, I'm not starting my diet till January 1st. And so you're like eating bad after <laughs> Christmas and you're like, it's just not even fun anymore. And you just right. feel miserable. And I remember just like, being so excited when January 1st came around, but I didn't have to wait that long. Like that was me being silly. I could have gotten started a week earlier or, you know, a lot of us have been doing this lifestyle for a long time and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, You know, we want this to be a lifestyle moving forward, but there has to be something that changes. You can't expect to wake up one day and be like, now I'm in the mindset of this being a lifestyle. And now I feel good. And I'm going to be this way forever. Like it takes a lot of grinding and daily focus to get there. And for me, that was just so many short-term goals um, was kind of what turned into being able to be successful. If you're expecting the decision of start a goal and start a resolution January 1st to sustain you, it's just not going to happen, right? And that's why I think we focus so much on breaking all that down and be realistic for yourself. I am somebody who can go extreme, like all in, to the wall, like major, like, you know, throw everything I have and put all of my focus into, into hitting a goal. That's why I lost 120 pounds in 10 months. Right. Not saying that that was the right way. It was a crazy way where I literally put my head down and my only focus was losing weight for that 10 months for that year, essentially. And I know I can do that. It's so much harder for me to take it realistic or like to take it and be a little more flexible about it. Um, But essentially, that was my goal for this year was like consistency. How do I maintain that? Because then once I lost that weight, I didn't know how to like relax and pull back. So you have to know yourself. If you're if you're somebody who can go all in like that, maybe that's what you need to do to lose the initial weight. But but you also can't expect yourself to change overnight. You, You have to be realistic about what you truly are capable of. Can you actually go to the gym six times a week? 
let's not be realistic. Right. I was doing right. that for a short period of time. It was absolutely not realistic for my life and for my family and for my job to go to the gym six days a week. My goal now is to make it twice and like maybe to do a workout once and at least go and sit in the sauna a second time. So I actually am going. So there has to be some type of realistic element of like, how is this going to be sustainable for you and for your lifestyle? Yeah, I just wanted to touch upon the New Year's resolution. So I think I understand in one facet why people, especially influencers or on the social media wellness space, why they say, don't wait till New Year's and you could start tomorrow and the next meal. And I get that. But some people need grandiose times. And so if you try for 20 years and all the resolutions don't work, but then the 21st year it works like, well, then that's good. And why knock on that? So I don't necessarily think we should totally knock on New Year's resolutions. Now, if you're using it as an excuse to just, like you said, uh, between 20, the 26th through the 31st, you're just eating whatever, because you're waiting for the date. Like you were saying, you just need to find what is realistic for you. And you can start New Year's Day and that's fine. Um, But just figure out what makes sense for you in terms of the actual goals and then be realistic and then do the SMART goals. So where the day-to-day and the daily wins really matters and having your mindset be right is really important is that when we start goals, we think very lofty and we're like, I'm going to conquer the mountains and I'm going to do all of this stuff. And then when we are finally put to the test on day one, a lot of times we don't have that energy because maybe we partied hard the night before or we overate and, and now our energy is low. And then, but our goals are to go to the gym and eat really clean. And so if we are more realistic from the beginning and we can then increase our goals and make it more difficult over time, the mindset is that we're being successful from day one. And that is what matters. It's the consistency. It's saying that you can do this, that you won your day and that each day you can make it harder. So if the first day is just, I'm going to remove sugar and that's all it is and not focus on the quality of meats or the timing of meats or the exercise. And it's just, I'm just going to remove sugar and that's all I care about. And and then as you progress and it's been like a week of eating no sugar, then it's maybe, okay, now I'm going to try to force it into three meals and then two. And then, you know, you move on instead of, okay, on day one, I'm going to start intermittent fasting with two meals a day to go from New Year's Eve of alcohol and partying and eating a bunch of sugar. like. To it's it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't really matter when you start. A lot of people have the goals of doing New Year's resolutions because a lot of people start at the same time. So that may be encouragement from the community to get started at the same time. So there's nothing wrong with that. I, I do New Year's resolutions every year. I probably don't remember them at the end of the year, most years, but right. still, like, I still have some hope of going towards something greater. And I think that's what counts. And and then doing the day-to-day and then forgetting about the bigger goal. And as long as you have some process in place and some type of goal towards that you're marching towards, I think that's what matters more than saying, well, it's unrealistic to do New Year's resolutions because if you don't have hope, I mean, what what do you have? Yeah. I. What are some of your goals for this year? Do you have any um, planned out for this year yet? Uh, so for nutrition with Judy, um, I would say it's hiring the team. Um, we have some pretty solid candidates that I'm excited for. And then coming out with the plant toxin database, as well as the group program and then carnivore cure edition two. So those are like the big rocks of 2022. 
And then in terms of my personal, yeah, I have some like leadership goals and personal self-development goals of, you know, how can I be a better human? Um, And I think it just bleeds into my practice too, but just how can I be a better leader, mother, wife, daughter, and just person overall uh, and have good character. And sometimes I just want to rant and rave and I'm just trying not to be as emotional in that sense and be a better guiding light. Maybe being more consistent with uh, my meals because some days when I'm busy, I'll just kind of graze and I know that's not ideal and I would never recommend that to my clients, but I kind of do that some days on when I'm really busy. So yeah, you gotta be able to take your own advice sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have definitely career goals and that's something that I love doing is like doing things in my corporate job. Um, but those aren't really applicable to here uh, as much as, you know, I, I don't want to only talk about weight and health, um, but that is what's applicable, I think, to a lot of this audience. Um, you know, last year, my biggest goal was to be consistent and to focus on not having a massive weight swing. And, you know, I really tried to take away all the pressure of myself of like trying to lose weight and just figure out how to live it, live in a consistent pattern. And I'm really proud of what happened last year it was it doesn't mean every day was perfect. But overall, for the year, I was very consistent. I did not lose weight. Um, and I'm still higher than I care to be. And I know we've talked about like, what happens if this is just where I'm supposed to be forever. And I don't know how I feel about that. So I would like to be able to then turn the dial this year back towards weight loss. I do have some weight loss goals in place. I'm not comfortable right now. I think I'm healthy. So how do I find a place that's, I think I do have unhealthy body fat on me. This is not a vanity thing. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that I still am carrying some unhealthy body fat. Um, And I think that's something that needs to be addressed but how can I do that in a healthy way to make sure that I'm not um, fasting too much too often and like forcing myself to be a weight where my body doesn't want to naturally be. So I do have weight loss goals now that I feel like I've been able to figure out how to be consistent and how to not gain a bunch of weight uh, or, or lose a bunch of weight and go up and down like mad. Um, I want to figure out how I can now in a healthy way, lose some weight. You know, I'm, it's still something that I'm going to be insecure about. I carry all of my weight in my midsection, which is really the unhealthiest place to be carrying weight. You know, you can kind of tell based on how I post on social media. I don't, I'm not sharing side by side um, body pictures like I used to do a couple of years ago. And I'm, you know, I'm not showing off all my middle bits. And so I would really, I think that's part of my health goals is to make sure that I don't get obsessed with the number on the scale specifically, but that I am working to reduce the excess body fat that I do have. That's unhealthy. Cause I know that's I'm not just going to lie to myself saying that I'm a healthy weight. Cause I know that, that I'm not, uh, not there yet. One way you can monitor your, I guess, going to extremes is that when you're losing weight or when you're fasting and you'll have the past experience of maybe your hair loss is going or if you lose your menses or something. So then you'll know you'll have these like yellow flags and then the red flags. Or if you noticed, oh, I'm back in that high of constantly wanting to lose more weight and quickly, and you'll have those signs or, and then you have the opposite of, um, you know what it is to be at maintenance. And so, um, you know, maybe certain things that kept you at maintenance and that maybe didn't make you lose. So it's just using all these tools that you've had in the past few years and then just using them to your 
constraints and it doesn't have to be perfect every day. And I'm really glad you brought up the weigh scale. So I never weigh myself. Um, I think it's something that like, there's two things that I'm not ready to really do, which, um, because of my past eating disorder. And one is weighing myself. So I never weigh myself. And then the second thing is um, tracking calories. I cannot do it. So yeah, but I don't want to do that because I don't want to ever risk going down that um, dark hole. And so, but I finally weighed myself recently after being consistent at the gym and weight training and all of that. And I've gone up in the weight scale, which I would have not thought that because my pants fit the same, but I have gone up and I'm guessing it's the muscle mass because I've been lifting. And so um, I think it's smart not to just go by the number because you don't know if just eating carnivore based or meat based is causing you to build more muscle mass. And I have a lot of clients that have done like the DEXA scan where yes, they've gained some fat, but they've also gained a lot of muscle because they have the markers to compare to prior to going in carnivore. The weight scale is not always the most reliable, especially if you're eating meat based and you're lifting. Yeah, I definitely know I'm before if kind of I'm at a different size, my I carry all of that weight in that stomach. Again, that's partly because of my had that huge apron belly. It's where all my loose skin is. It's where all those extra adipose cell, empty cell tissues right. are that are never going to go away. They can swell up and I gain, you know, I could gain a, a several pant sizes within a, a long weekend very easily. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I agree, depending on if I'm going up or down, I can be the same weight, but wear entirely different clothes, depending on like how swollen or, or flushed out I am. And so I do, I am trying to focus more on like pant sizes, like to be in a consistent pant size, like my weight hasn't fluctuated a ton this year, but my, uh, as far as like January to December, but within that, I still feel like I was constantly like, oh, I got to grab the bigger pants this week. I got to grab the smaller pants this week. Like my pant sizes change pretty frequently in the middle of that within a few sizes. And so I finally am able to say like, it's not that I want to weigh X number of pounds. It's that I want to be in a pant size that I'm comfortable with and then right. a consistent pant size um, and trying to, cause that'll show me even more so that I'm not like going through these periods of like swelling and flushing, you know, and that my body's in a much more stable place. So that's the biggest change that I've had where consistent weight and consistent eating was my goal, um, in 2021. And I still think consistency is my biggest area of focus, my grander goal, but this year it's more consistency of body composition and then consistency of like mental health and, sleep, that type of thing. So focusing more on like my consistent energy, because I do feel like I, even though I was more consistent with my weight, I still was doing things that were damaging my consistent energy levels or my consistent, um, you know, just overall my consistent body composition. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, those are smart goals. And I think it's very realistic in the way you're bringing and setting these goals rather than saying it has to be a skill or a number on the scale, which so many of my clients do, but then it's unrealistic because of the way we're eating. We are going to build more lean body mass, which then weighs more. I think that number on the scale too also is determined by like excess skin and your height. And there's like totally. so many different things that can be contributors to that. And just where you carried your weight in the first place, you know, just, um, I mean, being big boned or whatever that is, like people's body compositions are completely different. And we've seen those graphics of like six women all standing there and they all weigh the exact same thing and they're all completely different body shapes. And, 
you know, even saying that it's still taken me years to be able to kind of break that obsession with what the scale says. And so I am feeling in a much stronger place this year now that my first instinct of like, oh, I want to lose weight wasn't a, I want to lose weight to be this number of pounds. It's, I want to lose weight because I want to wear these pants sizes, or like, I want to get rid of that excess belly fat that I know I have. Those are the reasons why I want to lose weight. Not because I feel like a number on the scale is going to solve my problems. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I recommend with some of my clients to just not get on the weight scale for a while. Cause I know as women, especially we like to focus on the weight scale a lot. And that determines a lot of even how it affects our mood. And then if we feel a little heavier that day or our pants feel a little tighter, then we're in a bad mood. And then we are just cranky and, you know, it's just, it sets the day for the rest of the day and it's just not as ideal, but I just wanted to get into a few like tips as people are starting their goal setting for the new year or just in general for goal setting. Um, I think the first thing is the reason why goals are really important is it gives you focus. I mean, without a goal, without knowing where you're going, how are you going to get there? Right. So people want to have better lives. They want to live better lives. They want to heal from something. Well, if you don't know where you're going or your destination is, how are you going to get there? And so sometimes just setting a goal is allowing you to figure out how you're supposed to get there. You know, again, that 50 pound weight loss to then figure out what you need to do on a weekly basis to get that 50 pound weight loss. And then what do you do on a day to day basis? So goals can give you a focus. Goals can also help you measure progress. As Laura was bringing up, you can check your pant size or check other things. I mean, Laura, what are some ways that are not just related to the weight scale that you can check your progress? I mean, I think pictures are important. That's one of the concepts of the 75 hard is to take a daily picture. Like the original Andy Frisella 75 hard is to take a daily picture. And I think that when you look at yourself in the mirror every day, it's so hard to see any differences. And yet when you compare your picture from the beginning of the month to the end of the month, or I think those are really good ways of measuring it. And I also think just, you know, we talk a lot about taking a mental health journal and writing things down. I think if you're starting off and your reasons for doing something, um, you know, being able to journal the whys out ahead of time and say, this is why I'm doing this goal because I have this health issue and this health issue and this health issue. And, you know, writing specifically writing down what your goals are and then writing down your reasons why you're doing it. I want to improve these things. Then you can go back after a period of time and realize that you're checking things off the list. Like I totally forgot that I had this, I've had knee surgery when I was at my heaviest and I had major knee pain for so long. And then all of a sudden my knee quit hurting and you kind of forget like, oh yeah, I used to have debilitating knee pain where I used to hardly be able to go up and down the stairs because of my weight and my knee issues. Like I just forgot that that was a thing eventually. And so being able to go back and reference those things, I think really helps you to realize how far you've come and kind of check off some of those milestones. If you haven't written it down, it's a lot harder to forget about how far you've come. Maybe when you're starting off, just having a list of all the pains that you have and that you wish were gone, whether it's mental, whether it's physical, whether it's things in your life. And then um, also like what you hope to gain from this. And then you can always go back and check, um, check those out and read it when you're um, you don't feel like eating meat another day. And maybe you just look back and remind yourself of the reasons why you want to eat this way or whatever your goal may be. That really just bleeds into the other point of that goals can help you stay motivated. If you have your goal of, 
I want the 50 pound weight loss. And for these reasons, you can go back when you don't feel motivated to that just to continue going. Uh, that's where I think when the days are really important, as long as you are winning your day, even if you had a really crappy day, it doesn't matter. The net gain of the day is that it's positive. I think the goals being motivation, like I, that's why I love the milestones because I need a specific reason to yeah. say no to something. I'm still not in a place where I'm like, my goal is to be healthy forever. And if that's the, my goal, that's great, but it's so generic and it's so forever that I, it doesn't give me any motivation to say no to something. When a temptation comes around, it's like, yeah, my goal is to be healthy forever. But like, that means I could eat what I want today. And then tomorrow I'll worry about getting back strict again. And then I kind of just fall off the rails at that point. And so, you know, the goals can be very motivating. Like you said, I think that's a big part of it is because it it gives you a reason to avoid temptation or it gives you a reason to say no to something. Sometimes I could find a thousand reasons to say yes to junk food every single day. I need some reasons to say no to things. And that's what the goals are giving me. Yeah. And I don't think there's anybody that just every single day, uh, day in and out that there it's just easy that they have no temptations that it's just motivating enough. I just don't think people like that really exist. I've yet to come across many people that are like that. Even some of my most undisordered or people that do not struggle with any type of eating issues. um, I see that they struggle with just eating cleaner because we're, we're humans and we have like primal instincts where we want sugar and we want crappy foods because it's satiating and in that moment and it gives a dopamine kick, it's addicting and we think of it as um, immediate energy. So there's a biological desire for it. So I just think that when people are like, oh, it's so easy to be healthy for the rest of my life. I just, I don't know. So if people are wired that way, bravo. But I think the average person struggles to eat healthy. A lot of the coaches I listen to, uh, leaders, they're the best and top of their game and they are overweight because it's a struggle. Um, I think the last thing is really, um, if you have goals in mind, you can achieve more and, um, and the goals will help you determine where you want to go in life. I think this is where Charles Duhigg's uh, mention of the keystone habits are really important. If we go back to the 50 pound weight loss, when you're losing weight and you are starting to exercise more, you'll notice that other things kind of come together in your life. Maybe you are now more social and you reach out to your friend. Maybe you have more energy because you're not just keeled over eating excess food and you're tired. So now you clean up your house. They, they call these things that motivate and then bleed into the rest of your life as keystone habits. So maybe losing weight is a habit, a a fundamental habit that then bleeds into other good habits in your life. And so Charles Duhigg mentions that in his book, Power of Habits, but he says, find your keystone habits and make those changes so that it can change the rest of your life. And I think that's really powerful. And for most people, diet is one of the keystone habits. That's so interesting because when Chris and I were at our heaviest weight, we were obviously both really lazy and just really struggling from a health perspective. But one of the things that got us motivated wasn't a diet even at all. It was, we started, Chris had read Jordan Peterson's book, 12 rules for life. And like one of the rules for life is like, make your bed every day. And basically that's his way of saying like, get your poop together because (laughs) you know, you have to get up every day. And like, there's this mindset that happens when you like get up every day and physically make your bed and it sets the rest of your day in place. And it was this so such a funny moment where like 
literally to this day, Chris gets up and he makes our bed every single day. And then we started researching, like we started getting a little more motivated. And then we're like, you know what? We're really, really heavy and we're really uncomfortable. Like we should do something about that. And that's kind of what had us looking for like a diet or something to do. And then that's what got us motivated to take, like you said, take better care of our house and like get out of the house and, and do more things. And the kids stopped watching as much TV and, you know, it started this whole trajectory just from that mindset change of like, um, you know, that 12 rules for life book that, you know, is make your bed or stand up with your shoulders back. Like those types of small physical changes or ritualistic changes can make such a difference in uh, your mindset. And that was one of the biggest, that's how we found the carnivore diet then was because we were kind of like absorbing all the Jordan Peterson stuff. And then we saw him on Joe Rogan and then he talked about how he'd been eating nothing but meat. And so that was, it's just this crazy rabbit hole, but it all starts with looking for that very specific mindset change. You can't just wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm going to be a confident, motivated person. So what are small physical changes that you can make that are going to get you there? And it's things like make your bed every day or write down what you're grateful for, or having these small physical things, daily focuses that then turn into a mindset and lifestyle change. Right. And that's why the winded days are so powerful. So if you are in a slump or if you're depressed, when I was first depressed and I started win the days and Uh, Kevin introduced it to me. And so he's like, make them really realistic. And I was like, fine. So I said, like, get out of bed by a certain time, Um, like make my bed. And it was so small, but it's the mindset. It's the mindset of, I'm not trying to have these lofty goals of losing the 50 pounds. And it's just having the mindset that I won my day and that is good enough for today. And then you keep Mm -hmm. doing that over and over. And then once that the making the bed becomes consistent, then add something new and then add something new. And that's how you see change. The change is ultimately done by consistency. Maybe, maybe this year we make a difference with the new year's resolutions for 2022. And we have our lofty goals of, I want to lose weight. I want to be healthier. I want to get off my medications, but from there, go a little bit deeper and figure out, well, how are you going to do that on a daily basis? What is going to get you off your diabetic medications? Maybe the first step is just for lunch, I won't have any sugar. Maybe it's not lunch and dinner. And maybe that'll be one of your daily wins is just for lunch, I don't have sugar. And then maybe as you accomplish that, then maybe the dinner goes to, okay, I limit my sugar to 20 grams. And and that's how we can get to our lofty goals is by having these smart goals in place that are that are measurable, that are realistic, and then you can get to your ultimate lofty goal. And I mean, that that is the power of truly having these goals that get us to the keystone habits that then will determine what we want in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So don't be afraid of setting really awesome lofty New Year's resolutions. Let's uh, plan for goals. What's your goal for the year? What is your theme? What's your mindset going to be like for the year? But don't stop there, right? Then it's creating action plans and items and an actual goal, grab that calendar and write things out on how are you going to make that happen this year? Regardless of what you guys decide, just be lofty with your goals, make resolutions. I think that's all good because that shows that you have hope and you have fight in this life. And that is a good thing. But from there, do the second step of making the goals that can be attainable on a day-to-day basis. What are you doing every single day to get that lofty goal closer to you and making it come true? And that's really ultimately will help you to get to a better life. Cool. Let's have a happy new year. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share and leave us a review and leave any comments and questions on Apple Podcasts. We will read and answer your questions and comments on an upcoming podcast episode. This also helps us to share our real talk with more community members. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nutrition with Judy, on all podcast channels. You can also follow my content on Nutrition with Judy's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find Carnivore Cure in paperback, ebook, and audio on Amazon. I also have a blog post and weekly newsletter with nutrition and wellness updates. You can sign up at nutritionwithjudy.com. You can find Laura on Instagram at Laura East Bath. You can follow along on her daily stories and see some of her funny skits. You can also find Laura on her YouTube channel where she shares tips on living a meat-based lifestyle. If you're wondering how much meat to eat in a day, week, or month, Laura has you covered. She also shares how to make a perfect sear on a steak and how extended fasting looks like in real life. You can find her YouTube channel by searching Laura's Bath. Thanks again for listening to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. And remember, make sure to cut against the grain.